Welcome to an AM Healthcare Industry Group Human Capital and Workforce Management podcast series. Nurses were an integral part of the fight against the pandemic. Travel nursing became essential in some organizations. As the pandemic pressures ease, we sat down with healthcare leaders to hear their perspectives on the future of travel nurses. Hello and welcome to the Alvarez and Marcel Healthcare Industry Group Human Capital and Workforce Management Podcast. In this podcast series, we discuss the most pressing workforce issues facing healthcare leaders. I'm Bianca Briola, leader of the Healthcare Human Capital and Workforce Management Practice at Alvarez and Marcel, and I am joined today by my co-host, Chrissy Anwari, a director in our practice. Hi, everyone. Great to meet you, Earl. Excited for today's podcast. Earl, I have to say, I have been looking forward to this conversation for weeks now, mostly because I just want to hear what you have to say to our questions. I'm so interested. And as you know, we're going to be talking to other healthcare leaders and some nursing uh, travel nurses to get their perspective on this topic. We're joined by Earl Dalton here, Chief Nurse Officer of Health Carousel, a healthcare staffing and workforce agency. Um, Earl, I think that we're really interested on your different perspective of the future of travel nursing. So thank you for for joining us today and welcome to the show. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Tell us about Health Carousel and your role in the company. Sure. Um, health Carousel is a uh, is a healthcare staffing company that has uh, several different platforms. So we uh, provide uh, locum tenants, uh, which is doctors, uh, PAs, and NPs. Um, to organizations that are in need. Uh, we also have a domestic uh, travel nurse, sort of a traditional travel nurse platform where uh, we place uh, healthcare uh, nurses in all types of settings in all of the uh, states and coast to coast. And then we have an international nurse uh, branch as well where we recruit nurses from over 62 countries uh, to come into the United States um, and work uh, again from coast to coast in, in uh, all of the states. So altogether, we have about uh, 3,600 or so healthcare professionals that are working on the ground in various settings. And um, my job is to, is to help support those people as the uh, chief nurse officer of healthcare. So. And just in follow up to that, what have the past few years looked like for you and healthcare cell in light of COVID and everything else post COVID as well? Have you been busy, Earl? Great <laughs> question, right? And so uh, I, I'm sure I'm sure you're hearing very similar answers from uh, from other guests uh, that, that you're having on your program. But uh, uh, right, so um, I think uh, probably um, probably the biggest statement I can make is uh, that none of that went as planned, uh, right? And so uh, uh, the last two years have been a rewriting of the books, right? Uh, who saw um, that the massive changes that we would see over the last couple of years, and so. Uh, like most companies, uh, it's been our job to, uh, you know, help support healthcare and rewrite a playbook along the way uh, where things changed incredibly rapidly, right? Uh, we uh, had to go through phases where we're, uh, where there was concern for our own employees, our own health and, uh, you know, lockdowns and all of those sorts of things. And uh, then evolve into how do we manage our own workforce against what, uh, you know, this virus and uh, all of the changes therein. And uh, so that certainly changed how we did business. Uh, but uh, not lost on us is the is the uh, incredible duty we have uh, to the nation really to provide travel nurses. Uh, it's a large sector of the industry, and um, and uh, you can imagine how demand went up as the demand for healthcare went up uh, and COVID cases increased across our country. And so, 
um, really it uh, was sort of two things for us, right? It was uh, really uh, rewriting an internal playbook on how the company uh, would operate inside of a COVID world, um, combined with um, right the urgency uh, and the duty to all of our hospital partners to get the nurses they needed to care for people through the pandemic. So, um, for, would you did you see your um, demand for locums actually increase as well, or would you say that the demand was more on the travel nurse side? So, you know, Chrissy, what I would tell you is, um, is there, there, there's an, you know, what we call in healthcare an acute on chronic situation here, right? And so uh, there's been a chronic illness for some time now around, uh, around people retiring, um, right? Uh, and so as we've seen a shrinking workforce, uh, really lots of professions within healthcare uh, have been on a slow burn of crisis, right? Uh, not enough people to do the work. Uh, finding uh, ways through certainly locums and those sorts of things, right? Travel nursing uh, to uh, find solutions to continue to care for their communities, uh, right? And so uh, that problem certainly has existed for quite some time. Um, and uh, every year it escalates because more and more people retire in those years, uh, right? And so, um, uh, so, so that problem has uh, was already burning. Uh, and was already a big talking point between our hospital partners and us here at Health Carousel. Uh, and then you sprinkle on a good old pandemic on top of that, right? We're, uh, we're uh, right, uh, twofold, right? So a lot more patients are coming to the hospital uh, and we saw lots of staff going down uh, with COVID, right? Through exposures and then actually having the illness, right? So um, that double whammy certainly created uh, a, a very situation on what was already a very chronic situation. Uh, right. Um, and so while I do believe the, the pandemic is waning, at least for the moment, right, the, the last uh, big curve, the last big spike that we saw is certainly on the decline. Um, we're, we're just back to still full hospitals and the demand for healthcare is up. So uh, so, yes, right. Our locums division is thriving. Um, right. There are low. There's just not enough physicians, PAs and NPs uh, to carry the work. Right. And so that's uh, that's been popular and, and, and continues to be popular. What are the misconceptions that the general public tends to believe about travel nursing or just the industry in general? Ooh, this is right. a good one. It is a good one. It is, right? And so the shiniest thing that people can see is the disparity in pay, right? And so contingent labor forces work out uh, individual and unique contracts with a hospital for a very, very short period of time. Um, and, uh, and they do that uh, through an, an increase in demand. Uh, they were able to increase their earning and income, right, against what permanent staff can make. And so I think there's a connotation there that uh, that, that became incredibly negative. Uh, right, that these travel nurses uh, were coming in right uh, at, uh, at and making a lot more money, but uh, but really um, the the reverse is actually true, right? And so um, what what became true is that there isn't a community in the United States that could survive based on the strength of its permanent staff. Um, and so, uh, like all industries, right, whether you're looking at tech, engineering, construction, uh, right, the the need to make it all work depends on contingent labor. Uh, people who can parachute in and do the work and then parachute out when the work um, is no longer there. Um, and so while I think there was certainly uh, some attention and focus on this increased earning opportunity for contingent labor nurses, um, their need could never be understated, right? And so, uh, right, if, if you if take anywhere USA, right, I, I will quote the New York uh, City example because it just strikes me. Uh, right over a weekend, uh, right, uh, uh, some of the largest health systems there had to quadruple 
uh, their amount of ICU beds, uh, right? Well, there just aren't enough nurses in the city uh, to be able to expand over the weekend, right? There, there aren't quadruple the number of ICU nurses available. Um, and so what it meant was that across the nation, right, and lots of critical care nurses answered the call um, and went to New York and helped save what was, uh, you know, a very trying time there, right? If, if you recall, uh, right, due to the density of the city, uh, COVID hit uh, that city incredibly hard. Um, and uh, and so all of a sudden there aren't, there aren't enough troops, right? There just aren't enough people on the ground to be able to deal with that. Um, and it really took, uh, right, if you think about the strength of staffing companies, right, they're really good at logistics, right? They can move nurses quickly around the country uh, and they're really good at procuring that talent, right? And so uh, getting a nurse is half the battle, right? Getting a nurse to a city uh, that is rapidly expanding its service, um, right, o literally over just a couple of days um, is an incredible skill to have, uh, right? And so um, in many ways, healthcare gets saved by travel nurses, uh, right? Thank God they exist. Um, without them, uh, healthcare would would have really uh, taken a big hit uh, during the COVID times, right? Uh, yeah. uh, people have to remember uh, that, uh, that care in this country transacts through the hands of a nurse, mm -hmm. uh, right? And all of the orders and all of the ways in which uh, we theoretically uh, write um, and take care of patients, uh, that care actually happens through the hands of a nurse. So uh, the delivery system depends on them um, and uh, and the need to have them uh, and be able to maneuver quickly around the country, this, it's never been more important. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about what it looked like during COVID. What's happening now? Has demand waned? Are fewer nurses wanting to travel because there's less incentive or they miss their family? Are organizations um, moving away from travelers? Is there still continued need? You know, there's multiple scenarios that I can think of. What are you seeing out there in the market? You know, what I would tell you is, is um, we're back more to the chronic situation, right? We talked about an acute on chronic situation where uh, certainly that acute situation um, as it applies to COVID is waning for right now. Uh, mm -hmm. right the end for that is certainly on the decrease and so with that we are seeing um not so much a decrease in the number of jobs the number of employment opportunities for travel nurses we are seeing a reworking of the, the rates of pay for those nurses and the length of contract for those nurses um so we're kind of back to treating the chronic um uh, illness that that existed in the beginning which is uh, right the continuing retirement the continuing exit of people out of healthcare. Um, and uh, and uh, needing to fix that, right? So um, I was actually just at AONL last week, um, and uh, which is a, the, the big conference related to uh, mostly uh, chief nurse executives and that sort of thing. Um, and uh, and they the hospitals continue to be full, um, even though it's not COVID related cases as much anymore, uh, right? The, the demand for care is still incredibly high, and so. Um, uh, with that comes the need for continued contingent labor solutions. So obviously the demand was high during COVID, it's going to be high post-COVID and it'll return to this situation. But the question I have is related to rural nursing areas. So areas that can probably only get staffed by a travel nurse. Mm -hmm. um, how did they compete for kind of these big city jobs versus these rural jobs in COVID and post-COVID? Yeah, great, great question, Christy. So what, you know, what I would tell you is that there is a raging debate over this, right? So if you think about all of the healthcare providers in any one state, right? So, so pick a state, right? Um, there are um, different abilities to pay contingent labor, uh, right? Yeah. So some 
are incredibly lucrative systems. They have a lot of resources and uh, power to uh, outbid uh, fellow um, facilities around the state. Um, and eventually this trickles down to lower ability to pay payers um, for those services, uh, right? And so this will this will continue to play out. It is a raging debate right now. Um, I, I wonder if it won't lead ultimately to new formed partnerships where uh, lesser ability to play, uh, pay people join systems uh, just for their market power and able to do that and the sharing of resources. Um, and so I, I think this will continue to drive innovation and change in the landscape of healthcare. Uh, but a great question, Christy, because it's a, it's a raging debate right now around, you know, what do you do if the if the hospital up the road can outbid you for the nursing service, and then mm -hmm. you just can't get in that particular rural region if you can't get the care. Um, so so that problem's not solved. Uh, it is being actively discussed in legislature and um, and places like that in government uh, about what is the correct uh, thing to do here. Uh, but in the system we live in, which is not a governmentally controlled system, right? Uh, it, uh, ultimately, this is a free market system. Um, and as long as that continues to rage, right, the, those that can pay will will do better than those who have the inability to pay. Well, along those lines, let's get your crystal ball out. So you're talking about potential legislation and we hear about this a lot. Do you think that legislation to regulate or cap travel nursing is going to come to fruition? Do you think that's going to happen? So I don't. Um, I don't, Bianca, think that ultimately happens. And, I, and I'll tell you why. Uh, right. So uh, so that sort of legislation right now is being um, proposed in, in like four or five states. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think this is one of those big bang things. Right. I think it's either everybody needs to do it. Um, and create a new uniform system of competition for for healthcare providers. Uh, but if only certain states do it, um, really those states then probably are just hurting their ability to get nurses, right? So if you rate cap uh, what, a, what a nurse, what a doctor can make, right? Or if any of that turns out to be true, uh, then what you'll see is less people choosing that particular state uh, to go to work in, right? And that's just going to hurt their ability to recruit uh, nurses to that region, right? Why would a nurse go to a state where they're rate capped uh, when the when the next door state uh, is open for them to go to, uh, right? Yeah. And so uh, the market will work around that as long as there's a workaround. Um, and I don't see the country anytime soon coming together that this is what all of them want to do together in unison, right? Uh, uh, there's not really a nursing organization. There's not really a healthcare organization that unites our country that way. Um, it literally would be uh, 50 different states needing to find a group that came together in, uh, and wanted to work through and process a, a rate setting uh, methodology. Uh, I, I just don't see that coming um, in, in very challenging, right? It reminds me a little bit of nursing compact, right? The states that didn't that don't have nursing compact, they they struggled, particularly in the beginning, recruiting and pulling in out of state nurses. So it would require some sort of global um, agreement. OK, yeah. so last question for you again with that crystal ball. So what is the future travel nursing look like? What does it look like? Yeah, so, um, you know, again, if you go back to and subscribe to that, the rate of retirements out of healthcare is astronomical, right? So the amount of 65 on up people that are retiring is exponential in its curve, not linear. Um, OK, so if you subscribe to that and then you also understand that the 65 and older age group 
then are lining up at the front door and demanding care, right? These are larger consumer uh, demographics, right? So the 65 and older um, are large consumers of healthcare, and there's loads of them leaving the bedside, right? They're they're getting out of hospitals, um, and so what I will what I think we'll continue to see is that uh, travel nursing is a growing sector of the healthcare delivery model inside the United States, uh, right? I, I think most hospitals play out a scenario where they're like trying to get rid of travelers, right? Trying to down that population. Uh, I just don't think that is what we will see. Certainly between now and about 2032, 2033, if you look at math of age. Uh, right, we're going to continue to see people in that retirement bucket, um, and then we're also going to see that 65 and older population increase. Um, and so the demand for healthcare will continue to rise, um, and the need for healthcare delivery through the hands of a nurse will continue to increase. Um, and uh, on seasonal flow, in the absence of a pandemic um, or a crisis of that nature, um, you will continue to see the need uh, for a contingent labor solution. Um, to your uh, healthcare staffing needs. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you saying is that contingent nursing labor or contingent labor is going to have to be a tool in the toolbox to make sure that care delivery goes off um, seamlessly. Right. And, and in fact, the, the big trend we're seeing is uh, is that um, you need a strategic partner in this. And so most hospitals now are uh, actively reviewing uh, who who is who has the right elements of a partnership. Um, that we can sort of sub this out to, right? Someone who could take on this work. It's not a competency most hospitals have, uh, right? They, they uh, don't really know how to do that very well. Um, and so what we're seeing is an increased partnership, uh, right? And, uh, and an understanding that this is the future and, uh, and therefore these folks need to be let in. Yeah, so good. Thank you, Earl. This has been so educational for us. We appreciate your time and loved your perspective. We can't wait to talk to our other interviewees to learn a little bit about what they think the future of travel nursing looks like. But I, I can tell why you're in your position. It's just so visionary and very strategic. So thank you again for your time. Yeah, great talking to you, Christy. Take care, folks.